to a deserted place by himself. But when the multitudes heard it, they followed him on foot to the cities. And when Jesus went out, he saw a great multitude, and he was moved with compassion for them and healed their sick. When it was evening, his disciples came to him, saying, This is a deserted place, and the hour is already late. Send the multitudes away, that they may go into the villages and buy food for themselves. But Jesus said unto them, They do not need to go away. You give them something to eat. And they said unto him, We have here only five loaves and two fish. And he said, Bring them here to me. And he commanded the multitudes to sit down on the grass. And he took the five loaves and the two fish. And looking up into heaven, he blessed and broke and gave the loaves to the disciples. And the disciples gave to the multitudes so that they all ate and were filled. And they took up 12 baskets full of the fragments that remained. Now those that had eaten were about 5,000 men besides the women and children. All four of the Gospels contain the feeding of the 5,000. The 5,000 men. All four of the Gospels record this event. This is a, a very popular text for almost every preacher. I've preached it many times. I've preached it many times here. You're probably not going to hear anything new today. You're not going to hear anything that you haven't heard before. But I got four things I want to remind you of today. Four quick thoughts on kingdom ministry. Four quick thoughts. And then we'll grab a bite to eat and jump on the float and go have a parade. Kingdom ministry. The activity of Jesus was, was picking up. And it, the ministry of Jesus was really taking off now. He had been rejected at, at Nazareth. John the Baptist had been beheaded. And the word of Jesus began to spread about. Even Herod had heard of Jesus now. And he thought John the Baptist had been resurrected. Multitudes began to throng to hear Jesus and to see Jesus and to even see uh, see the Lord heal their sick. And the Pharisees and the Sadducees began to hate him all the more. So here Jesus was attempting to get away for with his disciples for a few moments of rest. And he entered a boat to cross a portion of the Sea of Galilee and the people figured it out. And while he's angling across the, the edge of the sea, they run. Um, they run. They gather everything up and they run around the edge and they meet him. They figure out where he's going to look, uh, where his boat's going to come ashore and they meet him there. And notice the great efforts that the people took to get to Jesus. It wasn't just healthy people. It wasn't just people that were used to running 5, 10, 15 miles a day. They brought their sick with them. They came on foot. They came pulling carts. They came carrying people. 
And verse 14 says, And when Jesus went out, he saw a great multitude and was moved with compassion for them. And he healed their sick. Now, in verse 15, the disciples say, This is a deserted place. The hour is late. Let's send the multitudes away that they may go into the villages and buy themselves food. That seems to be a reasonable request. I mean, just a little planning here, right? Little, little time to deal with some necessities of life. But instead of sending them away, Jesus used this opportunity to teach his disciples some, some things about kingdom ministry. He used his opportunity to even teach us some things about kingdom ministry. I mean, sure, times have changed since the day of Jesus. We, we do things differently than what Jesus did. He didn't have a church building together in like we got. He didn't have air conditioning. He didn't have lights. And, you know, at NAYC, they, they had these massive electronic screens. You know, man, I, I just think of how nice one would look there, right? You know, I mean, probably, we could probably get us one for sixty or $70,000. Uh, would you bring the offering plates down? <laughs> he didn't, Jesus didn't have lights. He didn't have colored lights. You know, just because just Jesus didn't have it doesn't make it wrong either. You know, there's a, you know, there's a, there's a, there's a tendency in some people, because if it's, if it's modern technology, to shy away from it because Jesus didn't have that. He didn't have running water much of the time. You know, he didn't, he didn't have, you know, lots of things. You know, if you want to go back and do it like Jesus did, well, well good luck. Uh, just good luck with that. But I was thinking about this. Even though technology has changed, information has changed, and education has changed, and employment has changed, and the way of business has changed, there's some things that have not changed. There are some things we need to just consider just for a moment today and understand that, that they have not changed in spite of all the other things that have changed, and I think changed for the better. I, I consider the modern things of life an improvement in life. Air conditioning is a good thing. Mark 1:14, after John was put into, Jesus, uh, into prison, Jesus came into Galilee preaching the gospel of the kingdom of God. He came to preach and teach and establish the kingdom. Uh, verse 15, saying, the time is fulfilled, the kingdom of God is at hand. Luke 4, 41, uh, verse 40, Luke 4, 40. Now when the sun was setting, they, they, uh, they that had any sick with divers diseases brought them unto him, and he laid his hands on every one of them and healed them. And devils also came out of many, crying, saying, Thou art the Christ, the Son of God. And he, rebuking them, suffered them not to speak, for they knew he was the Christ or the Messiah. 
And when it was day, he departed into a desert place. And the people sought him and came unto him and stayed him, that he should not depart from them. And he said unto them, I must preach, catch this, I must preach the kingdom of God to other cities also, for therefore I am sent. We look at the example Jesus gave us in dealing with the hundreds and the thousands of people that sought him. We look at the example that Jesus, the emphasis that Jesus placed on kingdom ministry and the kingdom of God and the, and the things that he had to do. And I have four thoughts for you. Thought number one, notice, and this goes back to our text, notice the people that come together and the people were hearing the words of Jesus. And the people were being healed by Jesus. And the people were being ministered by Jesus. And then the disciples said, hey, it's a deserted place. It's late. It's time. It's time to split all this up so these people can go take care of their basic needs. Uh, send them away. That's verse 15 of Matthew 14 in our text. They, they may be hungry. They may need nourishment. They, they, may get, they, they might need to get to the store before it closes. They, they might have a family uh, in the area, or then I have friends they go stay with. We've got to turn them loose, Jesus. But Jesus said, they don't need to go anyplace else. And that's the first thought I want you to think about today. They don't need to go anyplace else. Oh, I know. I know people today, they're saying, well, we, we work and we, we minister. This is our day off. We are tired. It's time for me. I got to have some me time. I got to have some downtime. And, and uh, I understand that. And I, Jesus understood that. But you know, sometimes there's a point where Jesus says, no, you got to step up. You got to step up the game. I mean, Jesus and his disciples were looking for some downtime when all this happened. And sometimes your, your downtime or your me time or your recreation time or whatever you want to call it might need to be pushed aside for just a while. Ah, people say, you know, and you know, people, I'm, I'm so burned out. No, you're really not burned out. The truth of the matter is you're choked out. Because you've taken on this commitment and that commitment and that agreement and you've got involved in that. And, and, and you know I, you know what, I'm not, I would be foolish to preach against you getting involved in other things because I want you involved in other things. And I was the world's worst about getting overcommitted. I was the world's worst about and, and still kind of lean that direction. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to look over at my wife right now. This is, I'll just preach to this side for right now, okay? So, you know, we're, we're just having a good time right over here. <laughs> but if we're not careful, we get so involved in everything around us that we get choked out and we don't have time for the kingdom ministry. We don't have time for the kingdom of God. It's 
Jesus said in verse 16, they do not need to go away. When the disciples were wanting to send them on their way, Jesus stepped so forward and says, I think I got a plan. The plan that we preach today, the message that we preach, the apostolic plan of God, the, the, uh, the power of God in, the, in our lives and transferring it and moving it into the lives of people. That's a plan that Jesus Christ has for us today. He has it for the people around us. They don't need to go anyplace else. I read stories of people that the old timers used to do it. But even people in, in today, I, I, from time to time I come across a story, I wish I had a couple of those up here with me, but I don't, where, where someone, where an accident, something, something has happened, and, and uh, on their way to the emergency room, uh, uh, you know, they, they've loaded up the, uh, the, the whatever, broken bone or, or something, something, they've loaded in the car, but on their way to the emergency room, they, ran by, they went by the church first because they wanted to get prayer before they went to the emergency room, and they didn't need the emergency room after they got prayer. Just saying, just saying. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not telling you you shouldn't go to the emergency room. Don't get me wrong. I'm not, you know, don't, don't, don't put words in my mouth. I'm not preaching against the, the medical and against the, 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 the health that's around us. But you know, sometimes, sometimes we, we need to consider that we need to look at Jesus first. He needs to be our first request, our first talk to, our first uh, think, our, our, our thinking that we're going to go to Jesus first, and then uh, and then He'll give us direction. He might have us go to the emergency room. He might have us go get help someplace. He might have us do this or that. But let's put Jesus first. Let's understand that Jesus has got a plan. They don't need to go anyplace else. All right, I got three more thoughts in eight minutes. The second thought you need to consider today is you have what they need. Verse 16 of our text, Matthew 14, Jesus said to them, they do not need to go away. You give them something to eat. Now, if you were standing there with 5,000 men plus the women and children, so you're, it's about 20,000 people or more. Could, you know, could be 30,000 people. And Jesus tells you to feed them. You'd be looking around, where's the food trucks? I thought the food trucks were coming. They had, they had a few loaves of bread a few pieces of bread and a few fish. A couple fish. What's the, what's the scripture say there? We have five loaves and two fish. Verse 17. You give them something to eat. And five loaves and two fish. It was basically a sack lunch that somebody had enough wisdom to bring. Ever been caught somewhere without any food and wish you had some? <laughs> Didn't bring any snacks along. Some of, we, uh, some of us kind of laughing because you know finding a place to eat. Some in St. Louis, you know, with with 
40,000 people, 35 to 40,000 people in, in there, you know, it's kind of crowded. And places get to, get to eat sometimes are a challenge, especially when you first get there before you figure out everybody else's patterns and you go make up your own and go find a place over here or something. Didn't have my sack lunch with me. Brother Mark Vincent Deck always told us to keep some crackers in our pocket. He always had he always had some salt, a package of saltine crackers. And if he ever got caught without any food, he'd pull out his saltine crackers and have a little snack. Some of you remember Mark mentioned that. There they were, just five loaves and two fish. And Jesus says, you give them something to eat. You know, sometimes, sometimes Jesus wants you to feed them. He wants you to minister to them. He wants you to do the work. And you're saying, I just, got, I just got five pieces of bread and two fish. I can't help them. You've got what they need. You've got exactly what they need. If you've got the Holy Ghost inside of you, if you're led by the Spirit, if you're walking in the Spirit, if, you're, if you've been talking to the Lord, they need what you've got. You've got it. You know, a lot of there's been a lot of studies over the years, and and those studies have shown that uh, pastors many times feel so ill-equipped to handle the needs of the congregation. And then other studies come along and show that most church members are also quick to let the pastor handle it. I think a few of them. But with the Holy Ghost, with the spirit that lives inside of you, you have what the people around you need. They don't need your wisdom. They don't need your wealth. They don't need your ideas. They don't need your counseling. They, what they need is something from God. They need wisdom from above. They need power from above. And they need you to funnel it to them. You say, well, I would help, but I don't know what to say. Well, don't say anything. Just go up and put an arm around them. And just say, hey, let me pray for you. If you don't know what to say when you pray, then pray more. Pray more before you get there. Because the more you pray, the more you know what to say when you pray. Just pray. Just keep praying. It's easy. And, you know, I pray. You know, my word, prayers don't have to be. Prayers don't have to be long. There was a day when, when, when people believed in long prayers. And, you know, yeah, somebody prayed for the food, and the food's cold by the time they say amen. In some places, I'm convinced it started growing mold before the amen got there. I heard one man would open his eyes and go around the table, and he would just and he would he would call everything on the table by name and pray for it over, you know, everything by name. Well, I got more to say on that, but I got to move on. The third thought I want you to have, I want you to share. 
is that when you place it in his hands, there's no end to what he will do with it. Verse 17, they said, we have only five loaves and two fish. <clears throat> Verse 18, he said, bring them here to me. And the end result was in verse 20. They all ate and they were all filled. They took up 12 baskets left over. And they fed 20 to 30,000 people on five loaves and two fish. Why? Because somebody was willing to take something and put it in the master's hands. If you'll put it in his hands, whatever you got, whatever ability you got, and if it's nothing more than say, if it's nothing more than a willingness to minister, Lord, I'm willing, I'm willing for you to use me. I'm willing, Lord, to speak. I don't know what to say. I don't know who to say it to, but I'll put it in your hands. And if you put it in his hands, there's no telling what he'll do with it. And then the fourth thought. Verse 19, he commanded the multitudes to sit down on the grass, and he took the five loaves and the two fish, and looking up into heaven... He blessed and broke, and catch this, gave the loaves to the disciples, and the disciples gave to the multitude. I'm sorry. In number three, you thought you was giving it to the Lord. He's going to take care of it. Point number three, thought number three was, when you, uh, what, when you place it in his hands, there's no end of what he will do with it. And you thought, man, I'm done. All I can do is place it in his hands, but he's doing all the work, and he takes care of everything. Fourth point is that when you you give it to Jesus, then He gives it back to your hands to minister to those in need. Jesus places the power back in you to minister to people around you. Jesus did not need one disciple to feed twenty to thirty thousand people that day. He could have done it all by Himself. He did, not need, he did not need one of the 12 disciples or anybody else. Jesus doesn't need you and he doesn't need me. He doesn't need a single thing that you and I have to offer. He doesn't need any talents you've got. He doesn't need anything I've got. He doesn't need us to even open our mouths. He could do it. He could do it some other way all by himself if he wanted to. But that's not how he, how he chooses to operate. What he does is say, you give it to me. I'm going to mix it with my power and I'm going to give it back to you. And you're going to hand it to people. You're going to encourage people. You're going to pray for people. You're going to tell people how good he is. You're going to lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. You're going to do it. Stand with me now. John 7, 37, last scripture. One service be over by 1130 or thereabouts. Or thereabouts. The last day, the great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried and said, If any man will thirst, let him come unto me and drink. He that believeth on me, as the scripture has said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. This he spake of the Spirit. Verse 39, catch this. Which they that believe on him should receive, for the Holy Ghost was not yet given. I want to go back to verse 38, if you will. Out of his belly shall flow. If you believe on him, 
and you're filled with the Spirit, verse 39 says, out of your belly shall flow rivers of living water. You give yourself to Jesus. You give, all, you give your talent, your ability to Jesus. And he gives it back to you and it flows out of your life. And that's what we're getting ready to do. We're getting ready to go through the streets of Mooresville and let the Spirit flow. And let the Spirit flow. At our last prayer meeting, we prayed over the flyers that we're about to pass out. Before we, Melissa, help me remember this. Before we, before we leave today, we want to gather around and pray over the popsicles that we're going to give away. Because I believe God can use a popsicle for his glory. If he can take five small pieces of bread and two fish and have us preaching about it 2,000 plus years later, what can he do with a nice plastic wrapped popsicle frozen to the perfect temperature mixed with the perfect ingredients to refresh the person that receives it. We got some special popsicles, don't we? Come down to the front with me. Let's gather in and let's just worship with this last song.